So, uh, once upon a time, I was, you know, at the pool back in the day when I used to show off the bod, you know, where the days where you used to spray tag and axe when you had an axe to grind with your hairy nips. <laughs> Made them smile like cheese nips. <laughs> but, so, you know, we were, uh, you know, young whippersnappers, you know, 23, and running around, you know, having the time of my life, kind of like a Royal Caribbean commercial, I'm having the time of my life, until I jump in the ocean and a shark bites my leg off, but um, but yeah, uh, so running around the pool, and you know, it's a little slippery slope, slippery surface, even though they have the tiles that are perfectly water resistant. For all that. And I was running around and I accidentally uh, butted knees with someone. A lovely lady to be exact. She was around my age as well. So, you know. You know what comes next. Probably not what you think. But anyways. So, butted knees. And damn, she had joints uh, bigger than Snoop Dogg's. Those bitches were strong as fuck. Because she hurt my knee. Had a bruised knee. And I was like, oh, fuck. She's like, oh, my God, are you okay? I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, like, do we, uh, do you know, do we need to rub some aspartame or whatever the fuck? Do you need some treatment? And I'm like, no. Should be all right. You know, just shake it off. And, uh. I was like, I guess it's a, I'm not a religious person, but uh, I guess it's a sign from God that we uh, need each other. That whole fucking two minute setup for we need each other. Welcome to episode 87 of the Off and Beat podcast. I'm yours, Clint. I'm recording this on a Saturday night at midnight. Well, technically Sunday now. Woohoo! And, uh, yeah, that's what we do. We open with short stories, and, you know, there's a punchline coming, even if the punchline makes you want to punch me down the line next time you see me. But you know what? Some people do deserve to be punched in the face. I really feel like a lot of people would just be nicer to each other. They just got punched in the face once in a while. Uh, for example... Uh, earlier, I was, uh, working on some stuff, you know, your boy getting the work in before actually getting paid for work, and there was, uh, this table next to me, they were just kinda shit-talking each other, and mainly it was one person shit-talking another person, and they were quote-unquote friends, but you could tell one person definitely takes advantage of the friendship, and he uh, was being a real dickhead. And I was just like, this guy's so defenseless. If someone just punched this guy one time in the fucking face, he may at least hesitate next time. You know, kind of like hesitation ISO. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, tear your Achilles like Clay Thompson doing so. Shout out to Clay. Isn't it fucking weird that Clay Thompson had to play in the G League? I didn't even know that was legal. I thought that you had to 
thought I thought it was like baseball, where once you've served X amount of time in the league or whatever, you they can't make you do your rehab play in the minor leagues. But you know what? Fuck me, right? What the fuck do I know? Uh, but yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful. It's the most wonderful time to not watch stuff. You know, it's getting to that time of year where you're probably going to start watching the old Christmas movies. A Wonderful Life, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's kind of weird. Who decided to put a fucking red globe like, they're basically putting a traffic light inside of Rudolph's nose. You know. The only Rudolph that's hated more is Mason. And, uh, someone tried to decapitate his head. Just imagine Miles Garrett. Just imagine Miles Garrett just fucking, uh, just, uh, threw his helmet at fucking Rudolph's head in midair. That graveyard of sacks that he, uh, has in his front yard, let's just say, uh, Rudolph would be. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, Miles Garrett beating your ass. I know that's animal abuse, but in the NFL, Michael Vick did that. But, uh, yeah. Oh, this is not going to be a good episode. Prepare yourself. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's kind of a... I wonder what television is becoming. Does anyone even fucking care? Oh, by the way, a uh, shout out to Derek for more plates, more dates. MPMD. Uh, he finally made it. He's like, you know, he's actually like the first um pure YouTuber to actually make it on the Joe Rogan Experience. I remember when I saw that uh, notification Friday at one o'clock. Joe Rogan's podcast coming, and I see who it is. More times than I'll get a listen, but you know, depending on the guests. I saw, I was like, no fucking way. And I was like, holy fuck. We got a Canadian bacon sauce to the tits on the JRE. Um, but I think he's like the first pure YouTuber to make it on that show. Which goes to show how much the world is what people find fascinating and who people actually respect as... Uh, people to listen to is actually coming closer and closer to being purely internet people. And I say that for example that Derek from More Place More Dates dot com. If you don't know, he basically does uh, scientific breakdown, physiological. He really basically tells you straight up if uh, someone's sauced to the tits, which basically means if they're on gear or juiced up. You know, he basically looks at their body. He knows all these terms. He's very... I don't even think he's technically... He he has a degree in marketing. But he actually learned, like... uh, He actually learned, like, the physiology of the body on his own merit. It's kind of fascinating, which just goes to show you. um, Self-research and self-being self-taught will make you more interesting and more actually in-depth of what you're speaking of than just, you know, school and stuff will only teach you what you need to be taught and they'll teach you what they want to teach you, but you can learn everything on the internet, but that's neither here nor there. But, um, I was like, wow, I felt like, a Drake, 
I can't say the first word, but we made it. That's what I felt like, because I felt like the YouTube community felt like we made it. Even though I wouldn't really consider myself part of the YouTube community, but technically I'm on there. But, you know, fuck me. But, yeah, shout out to Derek. More plates, more dates. Uh, And I think it kind of transitions to... uh, I saw a video where Joe Budden recently has said that he feels... That you, if you truly support the show, you sh- you need to pay for the Patreon type of stuff. And I look at, uh, people, people always say if you truly want to support an artist or whoever, or a podcaster, you need to buy their merch and buy this, buy the live shows and all that. It's like, if you want to do that, great. But dedicated fans, not everyone cares to pay for stuff. And if you want to make your stuff where people have to start paying just to hear you or see you for everything you put out. Like, I'm cool if you want to do exclusive Patreon episodes or exclusive whatever episodes that, you know, some people have to get behind a paywall. But if you're going to do exclusively that, chances are I'm probably just not going to listen to you. Even if you're the best out there. Um, there's just too much out there, and I think the way Joe Budden has gone about things ever since the Rory Mal thing and all that stuff, it really exposed a lot of things, and although his show is still good, it's not must-see anymore. Joe Budden used to be must-see TV, and it seems like the more... It's become less about the singular focus of just the excitement and the energy and everything being put into the product of the podcast. Everything has to be about quote-unquote business and all this other stuff. And I think the product has really suffered. When you try to make it a whole type of network, obviously that failed and I'm not going to shit on him for that. But I think it goes to just imagine if uh, Joe Rogan wanted to do a network. It would just be weird because he himself is big enough where he doesn't need to have other people to expand himself. If Joe Budden was just not worried about all the other shit and just focused on that, I really believe they would still be progressing and be above but they've kind of been stagnant and I just kind of feel like uh, when your focus starts to sway from what the thing is the actual thing it's like an athlete focusing on marketing and business and all these deals but forgetting the fact that hey you know you still got to be uh, elite at basketball you still got to be elite at football that's kind of the criticism with Baker Mayfield. Even though I'm fine with it. Like, it doesn't bother me. Like, when I see all the commercials, it's kind of weird. That, oh, uh, you're living in the, you're living in Progressive Stadium. And uh, it seems you're not uh, progressing through your passes. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's just, uh, it's just kind of interesting. Because I think you do kind of see when... 
someone puts everything else above the actual thing that got you there. It's easy to get caught up in all the other stuff. I don't think it's coincidence when you go back into the, wow, about to go NFL deep dive here. I don't think it's coincidence when you look back on a lot of things. Like, there's a reason why, even though Andrew Luck retired early, and the seven years that he played was way more successful than RG3, because RG3 was so focused on all this other stuff. Which, by the way, he's doing a tell-all book where all of a sudden now he's sexually harassed, which, you know, I'm not saying you weren't, but it's kind of like, oh, now you want to speak on it? You've had all this time, you've been buddy-buddy with the owners, and now that everything's come out, now you're going to come out and expose shit. You know, look, and it's not that, oh, bravery, all that shit. It's like, you're doing a tell-all book, and you're profiting off your quote-unquote bravery. Which, look, if it's your thing to profit off, fine. Uh, Tell-all... You know, it's just kind of like, I'm not going to read it because honestly, I feel like it's just going to be a bitchy 300 page, 200 page book about why things didn't work out the way. And it looks like he's probably going to 80% of it's going to be blaming other people. And even if there is blame to be assigned, I'm going to be honest, I don't really care to listen to people uh, or read or hear people blame everything else for why things didn't work out for them. That doesn't mean there's not reasons. But reasons and blame are not really the same thing, even though sometimes they can be meshed and categorized as the same thing. And he was so focused on uh, how he's perceived. He was so focused on media and Twitter and stuff. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have one. like, But, for example, Angel Luck didn't even have social media. Didn't even care to do all that stuff, which, you know, that's a personal thing. I'm not going to be like, oh, this is, I'm not going to be like Colin Cowards. Like, I like my quarterbacks to go home and write in scripture and on typewriters and watch film 18 hours a day. Like, nah, I'm not that type of guy. But I do think it's not coincidence that Andrew Luck, I don't, I think he may have had one commercial, but even in that one commercial, he included his whole offensive line to where it was like a collective type of thing. And the dude retired, and when he retired, he no one knows what he looks like. He literally kind of looks like, I think the last picture, he literally looked like uh, the Geico Caveman type of thing. He literally looked like a 1680 Hernando Cortez in the Crusades type of shit. Like, you know, without the killing people, of course. But he did basically kill himself and got killed behind the old line for the Colts. But, you know, fuck him, right? He didn't horse around. Billy Bob... Oh, that's a Thornton on his side. Oh, fuck you, Clint. Uh, but yeah, I'm not uh, tell-all books in general. Typically, is kind of nonsense to me. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's a, uh, you know, it's like, dude, literally earlier this football season, this dude was talking about when uh Ryan Fitzpatrick went down for Washington. Like, hey. Washington needs a quarterback, just hit me up. I'll be more than free. And they're like, nah, we're good. And then all of a sudden, like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm going to tell everything about you. So was it really kind of like a, what's the proper term to use? Was it really like a blackmail where, like, if you don't let me come back, I'm going to expose your shit. And they're like, you know what, man? All of our shit's being exposed. We don't fucking care. Do what you got to do. It's just like, you know, 
don't know. Some people, you kind of see how someone, someone will, how they deal with something after will tell you everything you need to know about them. And I'm not saying he's a bad person by any stretch. And I'm not saying there wasn't any wrongdoing or nothing. But he definitely does seem like a victim uh, complex mindset type of person where, oh, it was everyone else's fault. They didn't roundabout to me. They didn't blah, blah, blah for me. It's like, you know what? Not everything is meant to build around every little thing to make sure everything's maintenance for you. Like after one year, you went 10 and 6, didn't even win a playoff game. You had a decent rookie year. It was, you know, it was good, but it's not like this all time great season like uh, Skip Bayless would make you believe. It was good. But, you know, anyone that watched any ounce of football kind of knew, like, yeah, you know, it's pretty a uh, simple mindset, it's pretty a uh, simple offense. And during the end of the year, no one wants to talk about how teams started actually catching up to it. But whatever. Fuck me. Um, but nah, I don't know. You know, do what you want. Make all the money. Use your brand. Use your name, I guess. You know. Uh, he's a good announcer, though. I like him. He's uh, He's been announcing football for Fox. And, you know, I've caught a game or two of his. And, you know, he seems pretty decent at it. So, uh, power through. All right, let's keep pushing this through. All right, you know what? Let's just start fucking up. You know what? Let's. All right, so I was uh, turning the... Uh... Oh, Jesus. What the hell is going on here? Yeah, so I was uh, turning the key in the ignition. And uh, she uh, the engine fired up. And it was like, hey, bitch, get an oil change. And I'm like, ah, see what you did there. Let's see if it pans out for you. Let it drip, drip, drip. Kind of like a Sierra Mist with a little twist. And next thing you know, I'm on the list. The blacklist. Because none of my fucking scripts get read, but it's cool. Just uh, flip a coin. And get some tenderloins. And let them know you want to go. And then get kicked in the groin. And then I go back to the days when they were like, damn, can you get out of the fucking way? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, imagine having a grilled cheese burrito and they forget to grill it. Uh, not exactly, uh, not exactly, uh, what you want. I've never, here's why, alright, you know what, I got an idea. I got a topic to talk about. What the fuck, like, is it really that bad, the shit in public restrooms? I've never been afraid of it. I know friends, like, I have, like, I have a friend. I, I shouldn't say had one, like, past tense. Because, you know what, if he needed anything, I would still tell him, go fuck yourself. But I would still pat him on the back and whatever he needed. Get it. And then I'll tell him, go fuck yourself after. And then help him next time he helps. He needs help. But every time we would hang out, and he would have to shit, he, this dude would drive all the way fucking home, just to shit. Look, man, I look, I, I get it. If you don't have to shit in a public restroom, if you can hold it in and wait till you get home, by all means, hold it in. We all bottle up a lot of things inside of us. Uh, But... 
to rush home and trying to hold it in before it squirts. Like, I don't understand. Like, you really think you're going to sit on the toilet and catch an STD or something? You really think you're going to sit on the toilet and, like, people make it like sitting on a public toilet. You're going to sit on some, like, period blood in the men's restroom. I understand. Look, a porta potty? Nah. Look, man. That shit stinks as fuck. Two, um, even if it is clean, all it takes is for someone to push that bitch. And next thing you know, you're uh, tasting Stacy's mom. And she uh, doesn't have it going on when it's already out of her. You're welcome. But um, this is probably the worst podcast ever. But uh, yeah. But you know, is it really that big of a deal to shit? Is it really that bad to just sit on the toilet and uh, let the ring of light flush it down for you? You know, maybe, um, look, unless you're afraid of, here's that, because here's here's something that happened earlier. Before I started my job, before I started work. Of course, I clocked in before I took a shit. You think I'm going to not get paid sitting on toilet? And look, I had the shit. I had the squirts. Uh, I didn't eat all day, but I had a late night meal. And let's just say it uh, sat in the oven like easy bake. And it was just baking in. Um, but uh, let's say... Uh, but I was I was sitting on toilet, and then there was no one in there. And then like halfway through, when I'm you know letting it drop, letting the letting the birds drop, um, someone comes in and goes to the next uh, stall next to me, and then they sit on the toilet. Now this is where it gets weird because look, you're both doing the same thing. You understand the code. You're not going to interrupt each other. You're not going to be like, oh, Jesus, dude, what the fuck is going on there? Because you know what? They're doing the same thing. You can't say someone else's shit smells worse than yours. Because, you know, we have a false sense of what ours smells like and what we smell like. It's really hard. Like, you can't really smell yourself because you go, you become so adapted to your shit. You become so adapted to your smell on your body. That's why it takes someone to be like, dude, you stink. And be like, really? I don't know. I thought I smelled like a your average Tuesday with a degree deodorant. And they're like, yeah, um, but uh, maybe don't use the liquid kind because it is sticking, boy. It is sticking. But um, when you're shitting next to each other with someone... It's not the smell that where it gets awkward. It's when one is making a lot more noise than the other. And that's the situation I ran into. Because look, I keep it together. Even when I'm about to explode. Unless I'm at home, I'm just like, ugh. When I'm at home, it's like, ugh. It's like White Chicks, the movie, when he goes shits in the bathroom. And they're like, oh my god, that's not ladylike. And he's like, oh, did you know? Which, by the way, White Chicks was way ahead of the transsexual uh, curb. Highly underrated. 2004, that shit was made. Would that movie even be made today? I don't know. It probably would be made. But probably would be taken out like the movie The Interview. 
like uh it would be taking off things and there would be the the bigger the bigger push behind the movie the interview by the way wasn't even that the movie and all that it was simply the backlash of north korea basically trying to fucking destroy the movie and trying to make it not see light day which actually brought a backing and made people fucking care about a movie that was okay but it actually by def- actually ironically North Korea trying to take it off brought a bigger backing to support freedom of speech and movies and stuff. And it created a bigger spectacle of it than it probably would have got before. So it actually worked in their favor. But anyways, when someone in the next stall to you starts making, uh, let's just say, uh, where you start to feel like they need some tender love and care. And it starts... Feeling like they are chasing waterfalls. Because all you hear is... All you hear is like little... It feels like literally like if you dropped like three Big Macs four seconds apart into a toilet. It's just like splash, splash, splash. Kind of like Splash Mountain. Um, Except he's erupting like Mount St. Helen in 1980. Uh, I guess you could say he's like Van Halen in there. He's having a minute and a half solo, an eruption of sorts. Um, when he tries to dance tonight away, he's going to jump off the toilet sink. Um, but yeah, because he's a showman like David Lee Roth or he's a ballad type of guy like Sammy Hagar. Either way. Um, this dude's dropping bombs. Say I tied in with North Korea. Anyways. Um, but yeah, there's always like, what do you do? The smell starts to get egregious. And I know it wasn't me because, you know, you just know. And it's like, Jesus Christ, what do people eat in a day? It's like, because I know what it takes for me to get to that level. Uh, It takes a lot of fast food, alcohol consumption. It takes very little amount of water. It takes a combination of soda, coffee. For all of it to come out and smell like that, bro. And this dude, he uh, let it rip. Kind of like a baby lead. And, uh, it's just, you know, that's where it gets awkward, public restrooms. But if it's like a solo restroom where it's just you, it's just, you know, I will say it seems like most fucking places, those single bathroom, why doesn't the lock ever fucking work? I've had twice in the past year and a half where someone has walked on me sitting on toilet. And they walk in, and they there's this weird awkward when you walk out. And they are just sitting there waiting for you to get out. And you give them a nod, and they just, yep I saw your pubes. And uh, I don't want to pluck them out, but Jesus Christ, do shave. It's like, don't sit here and critique my uh, lack of shaving. Manscaped, that's our sponsor today. It's not really, but you know what? It seems like a common sponsor for podcasts. Let me sell out. Why would I sponsor a product that I'm not going to use? It's like, ah, 
It's like, you know what? Next time a lovely lady is uh, laying down with me, she can uh, escape my manhood. And hopefully she's not one of those ones that think it's cute to cut your fucking dick off. Or the nip the tip. Because uh, it's definitely of greatness down there. But, yeah, what do you do? I just think it's irrational to drive all the way fucking home just to take a shit. If it's inconvenient. Just sit on the fucking toilet. Just wipe the seat before you go. And just shit. Wipe your ass. Double wipe it. Flush it. Wash your hands. If you want to wipe some hand soap and water on your cheeks in between to make yourself feel better, do what you gotta do. You know what? Bring an extra cleaning kit. I don't know, like a douche kit. I don't fucking know. I don't know how to clean your asshole just for shitting on a toilet. I don't know. Scrub it with Irish Spring. I don't fucking know. Let the soap drip down. Let it get in between the seams. Wash it off and call it a night. I've never had issues. You know? Just don't leave any uh, cleavage on the gooch. Because uh, don't want to mooch off the crust. Talk about the outer crust. <laughs> you nasty fuck. Wow. Yeah. Uh, shitting on toilet. <laughs> public restrooms are not that bad. Most of them are. If you think you're too good to sit on a public toilet seat, I, I'm just going to ask you one question. Just one. Nothing too crazy. Just one simple question. You have no problem. You have absolutely no problem. Not washing your hands. After touching raw meat. You know how many times I've seen someone cook. I've seen a lady cook. The ladies. The ladies. Cook chicken. Cook raw Fish, cook raw meat, touch it with their hands and shit. And they just don't wash it the whole time they're cooking. They cross-contaminate with the lettuce on. Like, oh, it doesn't matter. You just wash it off. It's like, just because you wash the lettuce off doesn't mean it doesn't have a cola on it. That's not how this works. But you're afraid to sit on a fucking toilet. That just shows that maybe men aren't the disgusting ones. Because if you're going to woman-strict restrooms... Now, if it's one of those words, men or woman, then you know what? I get you. If I was a woman, I wouldn't want to sit on a toilet seat where a man has probably peed on the rim. Look, for men, us cheeks, they're not being used on a regular basis. If you get a little, you know, if you get a little uh, dampage on them from someone else, let it be. I understand if you're a woman, you don't want to get a man's pee in your crease. Like men, or like women are more likely to catch like yeast infections. Uh, that's why you get like pap smears. You know, you're more likely to catch like a UTI. You know, shit like that. Like I get it. You know, the risk isn't worth the rewards. Then just, but if it's a woman's strict restroom, 
which you can never, I guess, even in today's world, you can't even assume that everyone that goes into a woman's restroom has strictly been a woman. You know, uh, that whole spa situation with that lady and all the, oh my God, my girl, my little girl saw this dude's penis dressed as a guy, dressed as a girl. Uh, it's like, yeah, that'd be freaky, but chances are they've probably seen your husband's penis. I'm on a 10% chance. Um, not just by walking into the bathroom while they're manscaping. Yeah. But. What are you afraid of? You trust women. Believe all women. I'm going to trust every woman before me. Has taken care. Done what they need to do on the bathroom. See. Believe all women. But you know what? I guess it really... That's why when it's like... Men trust men. Women trust women. I don't believe that shit. Otherwise... Why are we afraid to share restrooms with each other? Hmm? Why are we afraid to sit on the same toilet seat as... 85 other people in the past three hours there? Why not? Oh, that's right. Maybe we don't trust our own sex as much as we say we do. Maybe it's just trust issues. Um, But yeah. Moral of that whole segment is. If you. uh, If you truly trust each other. Share the toilet seat. But yeah. um, Oh Jesus. This is awful. Oh baby. Uh, I've been on a... Can I tell you what it's like being a screenwriter? Not that anyone fucking cares, but I have nothing else to talk about. No one's made it to this point, and you shouldn't. So I'll just talk about it. I made it to 122 pages today. I may make it a 145-page script. I'm not going to lie to you. This may be the greatest thing ever written in history. Is it really? No. But it feels like it. When you're writing something, you're looking back at it, and you're... Revi- not even revising, but I like to reread the beginning and the middle parts to make sure my continuity of what I'm working on is. And I'm like, damn, this shit's all coming together. Like, the Empire's new groove. The one character is, it's all coming together. And I'm like, whoever gives this the time of day to make it on screen, you won't regret it. It's pretty original. The dialogue is amazing. I don't like to toot my own horn, but toot toot. And uh, just trying to run through this train and let you go by. And then run me over just to say hi. What is your name? It's Miss Price. And that's what you'll pay. When you cause internal bleeding. And now they want to go back to where they belong. Back home where Stockholm wasn't just a syndrome. But yeah. um, It's a very rewarding feeling to know that you have something 
that no one else has made. Even if it never sees the light of day. Just the fact that you created something that's 100% original. And took the time for every little detail. I'm debating whether to make it more of a book or a screenplay or a movie script. I don't know. It seems actually it would definitely work as a book. But I kind of want to see it on screen. The dialogue would be amazing to actually see. But I also worry... Is it realistic for the type of dialogue, the long monologues that really explain the story, the individualistic of Stella? That's her name, by the way. That's the main character's name. You're welcome. Just gave it away. No one steal it, fucking cunt. But, uh, Stella, won't you take me home? Uh, but it's a, it's a symbolism film that I'm working on, and I really feel like it's, um, I'm tired. I'm not even tired. I'm just, like, not thinking straight. That's why this episode sucks. But that's why I'm talking about myself now. It's, um... I just think that this thing that I'm working on is gonna... It's got some legs. It really does. And I'll tell you, uh, when I started this, I remember the exact day I started writing this script. It was October 18th, the day before my birthday. I was unemployed at the time, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to at least capitalize on this sadness of not making money, and I'm going to actually have all this time to fully concentrate on this, and I'm going to, so I I woke up at 5 a.m., and I was on this gym workout routine and all this stuff, and I would go to the I would go to the gym, go to the Dunkin, I always go by, and I just started working on it, and I would be working on five, six hours a day, that doesn't mean I was writing 20 pages, I would write a good five to six, because when I write, I thoroughly think it out, because I don't, I don't, I want to say I don't believe in editing, because that's nonsense to say, but I definitely... I believe you ideas should be strong the first time you write them, or otherwise you're just writing shit into the air. And that doesn't mean you can't change things looking back, but I would write about one page an hour. Thoroughly think it out. And at first, I wrote like 50 pages in the first like week and a half. And I wrote 80 pages in the past month and a half. Now, what does that say? It means... I write a little bit every day, a little bit here and there, to space it out. Why am I telling you this? Because when you let some, when you sleep on something, have you ever like? It's like when you study for. It's like when you study for some the night before a test. You know, it's how when you study for some the night before, and you really study, study. You're not going to remember it the next 20 minutes after you study it. But when you go to sleep and wake up at 6 a.m. And look over this stuff. Everything's going to go, oh, I remember this. I remember this. But not only that, you're more confident. And you're more set into, I know what I know and I know what I don't. And I know when I write something the next day, I'm like, man, this shit is really developing. Also, I'm not a traditional writer where you're supposed to write the ending, then the beginning, and then it's like, no. I wrote from, I'm writing begin the end. You know why? Because, you know, why the fuck am I going to write something different than how it's going to be presented? 
Like, I get the whole, like, oh, we got to overthink it. It's like, you know what? Write something interesting. Write some, write something with continuity. Look over it. Make sure everything goes together. Make sure there's continuity, and you'll be fine. Don't listen to all these fucking books. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Well, now that they don't know. But let me tell you. If you write like everyone else, and you write the same structure and formula as everyone else, yours is going to be looked away and thrown in the garbage like everyone else. You got to find a way to stick out and find a formula that works for you and not fit yourself into a MLA structure. Um, so although it's coming slower, today actually is the first time I wrote more than five pages in a day in a long time, but it was a good five pages. 122 pages in, um, so yeah, I'm excited to finish it up, hopefully next couple weeks, and then hopefully uh, start sending it around, and let them tell me how much it sucks, but yeah, keep rooting for the boy, um, fuck me, comedy, I'm Mark Norman, alright, yeah, that was the worst podcast ever officially. I know I've been saying that a lot recently, but this actually was terrible. I didn't even, I won't even say I didn't want to do it, but I really had to get one in the can because I didn't know. Moral of the story is never do a podcast right after you get off work and never do a podcast where you don't know what the fuck you're going to talk about. I know I've done that essentially every single podcast and typically it comes out okay. This is not one of them. But you know what? I also don't believe in not putting shit out. Even when it's not good. Because you know what? It's I'm not this overprotected. Like, you know what, man? Just put it out. Keep doing it. You're going to have some good ones. going to have some bad. It is what it is. It is what it is. And that is episode 87. And that is what it is. Like and subscribe. Um... Don't forget to follow Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave a review, by the way. Don't leave a review on this episode. Leave a review on literally any other episode. Uh, But yeah, like and subscribe and suck some titties. Have a great day. And I realized I wasn't even allowed this podcast. And I, I need to start looking to the camera. Oh, Jesus. But yeah. Have a great day. Oh yeah, and don't forget uh and don't forget to apply some deodorant to your back. Cause when a lady at work wants to hug you from behind, you wanna make sure it's uh it repels. Cause she needs ya. Because she's the girl from four years ago that now you work with. And now it's awkward because she's married and has a baby on the way. I guess she didn't need me after all. So I guess I'll just uh, go back to that pool, have some PTSD, jump off the diving board, and just go to the bottom. Start from the bottom and just stay there. Learn how to hold my breath.